Inflation, taxation, and the price of groceries affects us all. But why are members of parliament and other government employees taking bonuses or raises while the rest of us are on the hook to shore up Canada's federal debt? My guest today is well-versed in this economic balance and will challenge all Canadian citizens on what we need to do now before it's too late to make this government accountable for printing money and dumping it into a struggling economy. You literally can't afford to miss this interview. Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. Well, Franco, thank you for joining us today. You know, as I was saying when I first, uh, you and I first connected, I'm, I'm pretty grateful from a citizen talking to you for the fight that you seem to be fighting on taxation, on inflation, informing people about these topics that um, our governments seem to either ignore or wax eloquent to a point where the, the average citizen doesn't know what it is all about or they're just frustrated or just feels overwhelming. But I, I just wanted to kind of say thank you for fighting the good fight. Well, hey, I appreciate that. You're too kind. And thank you so much for having me on and letting me speak to your audience today. Yeah, no, absolutely. We appreciate that as well. Um, what would you say before we get into the nitty gritty of it? Why is it that you're you're fighting this fight? What is it that's kind of what is that fire in your belly that's making you passionate about this? Well, thank you. Uh, people work really hard. People work really hard, and our politicians are working really hard to waste our money and to make our lives more expensive. I mean, it's that simple. Canadians yeah. are working their butts off. And our politicians should respect that, yeah. but they're not. Yeah. Plain and simple, right? They are making people's lives more expensive. People yeah. are paying too much tax because our politicians are wasting too much money. Why? Let's just get some hard examples. What makes you say that? If a member of parliament was joined into this call, what would you say to them or a politician? Well, number one, why have you taken pay raise after pay raise after pay raise since the beginning of the pandemic when the people you are supposed to represent lost their job, took pay cuts, wow. maybe lost their business, who are now worried about whether they can afford that package of ground beef or the jug of milk at the grocery store? And I've got another example for you. Get this, folks. The governor general and her band of bureaucrats during a one-week trip to the Middle East, they racked up a, ne a nearly six-figure airplane food tab. A nearly six-figure airplane food tap. So if that ain't waste, I don't know what is. Okay, so let's break. The, let's slow this down. So that falls on the taxpayers, which is each one of a Canadian citizens. Those type of bills, as they go and rack these things up, to them it's just part of their job. So that bill, though, it, where does it go? It goes to that corporation or whatever service they're using. Then the government just pays the tab, and to them it's no big deal, correct? Well, they're not spending their own money. They're spending yeah, exactly. our money. Okay, so, so I, when, just wanna get, I just want to get down to the details here. So then, so if they're not spending their own money, they're spending our money for something that we never agreed to pay for. That's essentially correct. And, and especially when you see the extravagance, when they are living high on the hog, yeah. and when it's the taxpayers who are struggling who have to pay that bill. That's what's so frustrating here, yeah. right? Yeah. And not only that, but what we've seen for years, this year as well, is the government continue to raise taxes. Yeah. Okay. Payroll taxes up. The carbon tax up. Guess yeah. what? A second carbon tax is coming in through fuel regulations this summer. So not only are they wasting our money like crazy through some of the examples I gave, we can get into more in a bit, mm -hmm. but they're also raising taxes and the taxes that punish us for using the necessities of life. <laughs> That's wild. Let's uh, let's go back to the raises during the pandemic. Was that a blanket across the page? Who was it? How many? Was it excessive? It's wild to think that they got raises at all, if, if anyone. But 
how excessive are, you, are we talking here? Well, at the time that you and I are speaking right now, uh, it's just an estimate, okay? Yeah. The numbers haven't been fully uh, released, but it'll be around here. They have taken four pay raises since the beginning of COVID-19. Your member of parliament, the person who is supposed to be representing you, four. has taken not one, not two, not even three, but four pay raises during the pandemic. That's this year's insane. pay raise alone, anywhere from about $5,100 extra for a backbench member of parliament, all the way up to an extra $10,200 for Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. But hold on a second, because that downplays all of the raises during the pandemic. If you want to look at all of the raises during the pandemic at the time yeah. that we're speaking, it's an extra $15,700 for a backbencher to an extra, what, $31,400 for Mr. Trudeau. Now, let's put that into context. Before the most recent pay raise on April 1, a backbench member of parliament received an annual salary of $189,500. Trudeau received $379,000. Folks, do they really need to give themselves another pay raise when so many of their constituents are struggling to fill the fridge? Yeah, exactly. The um where are our dollars like what our dollar used to buy is just it's just not even possible for a person to exist normally like they used to in today's world. Like, how do we fix this? How do we deal with these types of things? Like, obviously, it's good that we're getting this conversation going and talking to people. But how, as an average citizen, what do we do? Well, you have to put pressure on your members of parliament. You have to. You have to pick up the phone. You have to send them an email. You have to go down to their constituency office and give them a piece of your mind. Mm -hmm. uh, what's so helpful for some politicians that I talk to that want to stop this, uh, give them your story, right? Uh, facts tell stories sell. So give them your story. Now, I just want to circle back to the pay raise for a quick second because yep. what really I think grinds my gears is that, remember, the tax hikes and the pay raises for members of parliament have all been happening on the very same day, April 1, when the joke is us on us taxpayers. But think about the message that that really shows, right? Yep. On the same day that your politician takes more money out of your wallet, they're stuffing more money into their own wallet. So you pay higher taxes, they take higher pay. I hmm. think it's completely unacceptable. What do you think is their thought process on this? Do, they, do you think that they have a valid argument in their opinion? If you, if you had to play devil's no. advocate. No, they don't. It's not so, rocket science. It's so not what rocket is it science. It's not, well, I'll let me tell you what it is. They want higher pay. They want more money. Yeah. yeah. There's, it, look, there is no reason that they can't get off their butts, yeah. put their six-figure salary to work, and stop, not just stop the pay raises, but reverse the pay raises that they took during the pandemic. Let me explain why. Okay, in 2010 to 2013, the Harper government stopped the automatic pay raises in yeah. response to the 0809 recession. So it's, it's, been, it's happened before, yeah. it can happen again. Let's look at some other places, okay? British Columbia recently stopped the automatic pay raise. Let's look at Nova Scotia. Premier Tim Houston recalled the legislature, stopped his MLAs from getting a pay raise, and then cut his own pay yeah. by $11,000. That's real le leadership, folks. Yeah. Let me give you another example. Here's what should have happened in Canada. Almost day one, when COVID-19 touched down back in, in early 2020, almost day one, you saw then Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern of New Zealand. Okay, uh, like, let's give her credit for this for this one thing. She stood up, she held a press conference, and she said that she would be taking a 20% pay cut 
along with her ministers and top bureaucrats. And she wow. said they were taking a 20% pay cut to show solidarity with the struggling taxpayers who are paying their salaries. Yeah. That's what should have happened in Canada. That didn't happen. Wow. And, and that, that's something that you, like you said, that's leadership. That's something I can get behind. You start to realize they're taking a hit just like everyone else is taking a hit. One of the things that I, I found out in the study of inflation and what's happening with taxation in our country and COVID was CERB. Yes. A lot of people I don't think understand what happened with CERB, but also I, what I found out was who took CERB. There was government officials who had guaranteed jobs taking CERB. And, and, and what, what do you have to say about that? Oh, I mean, what is it? What, what can anyone say to that? Yeah. It's, it's so wrong. Yeah, it's so wrong for so many reasons. Uh, but look, you had remember that movie, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, I see dead people. Well, <laughs> a weird twist for Canadian taxpayers, because in Canada, we subsidize dead people. OK, <laughs> to the tune of three hundred and ninety one deceased Canadians yeah. received a Serb check. How? Yeah. Well, yeah. just add government. Let me add more. There was hundreds of people in jail who yeah. got the Serb. What? So there was hundreds hey, of people there, outside of Canada. So well, what happened, what happened is, 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 let me tell you what happened. Let me just finish one more thing for your listeners because I think they're going to lose yep. their mind. Hundreds of dead people serve. Uh, hundreds of people in jail serve. Hundreds of people living outside of Canada serve. Hundreds of people under the age of 15 serve. What happened? Let me tell you what happened. You had a government that did not put in the proper guardrails yep. to protect taxpayers. Now, I think that people could understand, you know, the first day of the pandemic, they're just trying to help people. Yeah, they're yeah. just trying to get money out the door. The first month of the pandemic, just trying to help people, just trying to get the door. The second month, the third month, okay, maybe yeah. we can still be a little bit lenient. But yeah. some of these programs yeah. went on for more than a year and yeah. there was a lack of fiscal guardrails. And what happened? The government spent a ton of money. Now we find out that potentially 30 plus billion dollars in, elig in eligible, sorry, and suspicious payments may have went out the door through these COVID-19 subsidies. And the insult to injury is that on much of this money that may have been ineligible or suspicious, mm -hmm. the CRA is saying, eh, not yeah. worth their time. Yep. Not worth their time to look into it. It just seems like a reach to think that it was just, oops, sorry, I don't know how it happened. It almost would have to be some form of fraud. And if it is fraud, then we need to investigate and figure out where our taxpayer dollars are being stolen from and what accounts they're going into. Because it's all traceable. You could figure it out if you wanted to. Well, not just that. What do, what do the deceased, people in jail, people living outside of Canada yeah. all have in common? They all deal with the government. Yeah. Every single one of that stuff has to uh. do with the government. So how are we just throwing or wasting all this money that's just been shoveled out the door? But yeah. number two, remember, uh, uh, billions of these dollars that were suspiciously paid out to, or, or to ineligible people, the CRA has said it's not worth their time to look into it. Well, doesn't that just kind of smack you as funny a little bit, right? Yeah. If you're a waitress and you owe the CRA uh, a couple double doubles worth of coffee, Right, you owe the CRA two dollars and thirteen yeah, cents. That CRA, yep. The CRA will send the hounds after that poor waitress. Yep. They'll 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 shake that poor waitress down. Yep. And now we're looking at potentially billions of dollars in ineligible payments or suspicious payments, and the CRA saying, "Eh, not worth our time." Come yep. on. Yeah, you know, um, I've seen you talk a lot about inflation, and yep. in, in regards to CERB, what are your thoughts on inflation when, especially when it comes to the government handing out stuff like CERB, which obviously it had a good purpose, like you said. There was a window of time where it really bailed a lot of people out and, and thank God for that until it got taken out of hand, until it got taken too long, until they weren't vetting the process. So what is your thought on government 
helping in social programs like that, but then also watching out for inflation. Okay, well, let me give you a, a bit of an analogy. If you have a leaky roof, mm -hmm. you fix the leaky roof, right? You mm -hmm. redirect your resources and priorities to fix that leaky roof. You yeah. don't you don't then just grab the credit card and blow a bunch of money you don't have on a couple new a couple new BMWs, an ATV, and a new flat screen. Yeah, yeah. Right? But that's essentially what the government did. Look, yeah. before the pandemic even started, the Trudeau government was spending all-time highs. Yeah. Even after adjusting for inflation and population growth. Folks, let that sink in just for a second. Yeah. <laughs> in 2018, the Trudeau government spent more money than the federal government did when it was fighting the Nazis. On, on what? On what? That's a great question, right? Because we they're That's spending insane. just huge sums of money. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, are we really getting better service delivery from our government? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I exactly. think most people would say no. Yeah. I think most people would say no. So if you think about just how much the government was spending before the pandemic, I think any rational person wow. would say, okay, if we have to deal with this challenge, we can't just spend more money on everything forever. Mm -hmm. You have to redirect resources from one thing to another. Yeah. But that didn't happen during the pandemic. They just kept out the fire hose and sprayed money everywhere. Mm -hmm. Now, we talked about inflation. Mm -hmm. There is really one thing that always drives general price inflation, and that is the money printer. Yeah. Okay. Now, during the pandemic, the central bank, the Bank of Canada, printed hundreds of billions of dollars right out of thin air, yeah. largely by buying Government of Canada debt. Okay. So largely the Bank of Canada is financing the huge deficits in Ottawa. Now, here's why that matters. The more dollars that the Bank of Canada prints, the less that your dollars buy, yeah. right? The yeah. Bank of Canada can print new dollars out of thin air, but it can't print gasoline out of thin air, it can't print farmland out of thin air, yeah. and it can't print homes out of thin air. Mm -hmm. So what happened is you get too many dollars chasing too few goods, that's the inflation tax. For sure, and, and I think a lot of people don't truly take time to wrap their head around that. Because growing up, you're always taught, put your money away, save, um, save up for a home. But if you were to try to save up for a home from when I was a teenager till now, it, it would all of that money would be rendered completely useless. What good is saving money in, in a government that's spending this much where we can't even, you, you save your money. So let's say you save up to $10,000 to buy a car. By the time you have that $10,000, now that car's worth fifteen dollars or $18,000. Well, so that's the perverse incentive. That's yeah. the perverse incentive with the out-of-control borrowing. That during the pandemic, what was different than uh, many different times mm -hmm. is that the Bank of Canada was was printing new dollars to yeah. buy the Government of Canada debt. Yeah. Right? That, that is can using... You, can you break that down a little bit? I just... What does that fully mean? Let's... Yeah, 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 absolutely. So very high level. There's some intricacies, but this is the basics, okay? Uh, the government essentially has these IOUs, yeah. right? When it has a deficit, it has to issue debt. Yes. Well, a lot of the time the debt is bought up from like a normal bank, okay? But then the central bank buys those bonds from the banks, yeah. the institutions. But how does the Bank of Canada get the money to buy the government debt? It doesn't have a bake sale. Exactly. That's not where it gets the money. No, no, no. It just creates it. It creates the yeah. money right out of thin air. Now, probably your listeners like will have the same reaction I had when I first first heard this. 
that can't be how it is. Yeah. There's no way you have these central bankers just clicking a pad and creating new dollars out of thin air to buy something. But that is exactly yeah. what happens. Yeah. Okay. Is there, is there any regulation on that? Like, is there anyone that watches that? Is there a certain number they're allowed to do, not allowed to do? Is there an approval know, process? I'm not totally sure yeah. when it comes to the constraints on the yeah. central bank. Now, um, they're supposed, their mandate yeah. is supposed to keep inflation low and around 2%. Now, yeah. if you've been in outside of uh, living under the rock uh, for the last couple of years, you'll know that they failed to do that job miserably, yeah. but they still handed out $45 million in bonuses and raises to the central bankers. I mean, don't even get wow. me started there. But to get back to your question about the savings, this is the perverse incentive that happens when you have this type of easy money inflationary policy from governments yeah. because to your point you're punished if you're saving yes. but we need to save yeah. all of civilization was essentially brought forward because of capital accumulation yeah. and because of savings we have to save today to build a better tomorrow yeah. but unfortunately those incentives are all washed away when you have a government flooding the system with newly created dollars. It just seems like there's just such a separation between the average citizen who's just trying to put food on the table, but also wants the benefits of social programs because they're needed. They're absolutely needed, but also it just seems so far out of grip of anything we can even do as a citizen to make a difference. That's why I always like, I like what you had to say at the beginning of the program where you said, get involved, talk with your, your MPs, reach out to them, petition them because it's, it's, like I said, it just seems like it's continually getting worse and worse and worse, and there's very little that we can do, especially when it's the the government is supposed to be representing the people, but they posture themselves as the experts who are sometimes the people are the the fools who don't know any better. And it, the it, experts, it's wild. yes, the, the experts. experts. Hey, do you yeah. got? Do we still have phone books around? Like, is that still a thing? I would probably trust just random pages from the yeah. phone book than some of these so-called experts who think they're running the show here in yeah. Ottawa, let me yeah. tell you. But, you know, there is another thing that you can push for in your provinces. Alberta has it. British Columbia has it. Alberta just introduced it. It's called recall and re referendum legislation. So yeah. essentially recall legislation allows you to uh, give a politician a pink slip even outside of elections, right? It, like you can uh, collect signatures. If you get enough petition signatures, then you can force a by-election. So recall legislation is very important. It's a very important accountability tool. Another one is called Citizens Initiative. It's very similar to recall legislation where uh, you can start petitions, get enough signatures. If you get enough signatures, you can force a vote on a particular law. So those are two very good accountability uh, pieces of legislation. We've seen recall and citizens initiative in many jurisdictions around the world. We have it in British Columbia. We just got it in Alberta, and we're trying to implement that uh, in the rest of Canada as well. Very cool. What are your thoughts on the upcoming, for the future of Canada, for the, the future candidates that are running currently? What are your thoughts on their taxation policies, on the future of what they're projecting, their promises? What, what do you think, or what would you maybe recommend that a citizen looks into? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, you know, I try to to make, if I can use the S word, I try to make taxes and spending as sexy as possible. Yeah, it yeah. might be it might be difficult, right? You think of tax, you think of a boring accountant. Sorry to, to my yeah. best friend out there who is an accountant, but I mean it when I say it. But look, this stuff is actually, I think, at the root of many um, issues that we see in our time, if I can yeah. say it that way, because it all starts with the public purse strings. 
um, a lot of the issues that we see today all start with the government spending the money and the government can't spend the money unless it taxes it away, unless it gets it through borrowing more money or through the printing press. Okay. So uh, as an average citizen, that's why I would recommend uh, people really getting more interested in taxation and spending, because that's kind of the fundamental base that many of the issues that we're dealing with in society are built upon, right? A government can't do anything unless it taxes and spends the money first. Um, but another thing, you know, let me just get into some of the dangers of debt. Right now in Canada, we're more than a trillion dollars in debt federally. Yeah. That means that each person born today is crying because they already owe $30,000 in federal government debt. That's now, every I'm man, sure many, woman, and child, right? Every man, woman, and wow. child is already on the hook for $30,000 in federal government debt alone. Wow. Now, I'm sure much of your viewers who are watching this show want to leave a Canada yeah. where their kids and grandkids have a better financial opportunity than they had when they were kids. Yeah. But when you already have a tax burden totaling $30,000 for each new person born, that's difficult. And mm -hmm. that is one of the reasons why we have to get this crazy amount of spending under control. For sure. But I think, um, I guess the, the question I'm more or less is, do you, how do we find out about tax policies for the individual? How can they search out info for upcoming policies to hopefully turn our nation around. Like when I first moved to Alberta, first year we came in was a conservative government and they gave a $550 return to every citizen in Alberta. Every single adult got $550 return because of the surplus that they had. Premier Ralph Klein, uh, yeah. he held up his, uh, that paid in full sign right back in the summer of 2004. Yeah. And he is one of, of one of the things that he's known for is uh, Ralph Bucks, right? The the yeah. money back to the citizens because yeah. of the hard work that Albertans did to pay off uh, yeah. pay off the debt and yeah. or sorry, uh, generate a surplus, yes. so to speak. So what did Klein do? And let me offer you with some hope because when, when Klein took over in Alberta, man, the books were in rough shape, yeah. really rough shape. You had deficits as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Um, the debt was going up. You had interest charges tearing through the government's budget. Now, what did Klein do? He had to make some tough decisions. He yeah. had to cut spending. Yeah. Uh, so one, he cut spending. Two, did you know that government employees had to take a 5% pay cut? Wow. When do you hear about the bureaucracy taking a cut these days? Yes, yes. They get pay raises even though the taxpayers lose their job, right? Yeah. Taxpayers miss a meal. They don't even miss a bonus. Yeah. But Mr. Klein said, no, 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 no. We're all in this together. We all have to take a little cut. And that's what he did. He made very tough decisions on the spending. But number two, he put in the guardrails that I mentioned earlier. Yes. He put in balanced budget legislation by law you had to have a balanced budget. Wow. By law, you had to uh, meet debt repayment schedules. You had to do certain things with the surplus. So you can't just trust a politician. Like a politician might sound good, yeah. but we can't trust a politician. We know that once they get into the swamp, the swamp starts to feel like a hot tub, right? <laughs> so we have to have these types of limits in place. And I actually yeah. think that Klein, the Klein government is a good example to look to, especially yeah. now, because when he came in, the books were a mess, yeah. just like they are today. But yeah. through hard work and through the spending reductions and laws, they are able to get the province uh, back on the right track. Absolutely. What are your in our last few minutes here? What are your thoughts on? I often will watch the news and I'll see how many things we send worldwide. We we help out other countries everywhere, and it just seems like crazy to me that if I was if I had a a, a large debt load and I don't have enough income coming in to pay my debts, and someone comes up to me and asks me for help. I would say I would love to, but I just can't. 
for the for the love of my kids and my family, I can't. Why why do nations do that when we're hurting ourselves but we're just handing out money? Well, that's a really good question. And I actually hear that sentiment all the time. And, and yeah. I totally understand the sentiment, especially when things are so bad here in Canada. Yeah. Now, why are politicians making the decisions that they're making? Well, remember, they're not spending their own money. They're spending yes. other people's money. Yeah. Um, but look, I think I would say the same thing that I would say with any new shiny um, policy announcement or new spending. Yeah. At least where we are now, we can't just... There yeah. needs to be some type of, and I'll and I'll take from Mr. Polyev, who is the leader of the official opposition. I think I think you have to go further than what he's proposing, but I think this is a good step in the right direction. Is a pay-as-you-go law. Yeah. So if you do announce a dollar of new spending on this, whatever it may be, you have to find savings somewhere else in the budget. Absolutely. And at least a law like that would force people to make decisions, right? Because if it's they're wild. spending, right? Wild, yeah. It's if they're wild spending a dollar over that here. That has to be. Like that's just basic, basic thinking. Like <laughs> when yeah. I'm teaching my son and my daughter how to run money, take from one you have and use, use like, it's crazy that that's not normal, but that has to be a created policy. But yeah, that's a great point. You're totally right. Right. So if they want to spend a dollar over here, wherever that dollar may be around the world, well, then you have to find savings a dollar somewhere else. And then you'd be forced to go to your constituents and say, well, we can't spend a dollar here because we're spending a dollar there. So that that is one thing that comes to mind. But, you know, let's also just hammer our politicians for a second, because um, not only are like when we talk about some of the money that they spend abroad. Let's even just set aside foreign aid for a second, okay? Let's set all that aside. You know what really grinds my gears is when I hear them, you know, dining at these expensive hotels or racking up these huge international trips or politicians or bureaucrats. For example, COP26 uh, is the United Nations Climate Change Conference that happened back in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. I believe it was November 2021. We sent the largest delegation of any G7 country (laughs) what's crazy about that is that we sent more to Scotland than the United Kingdom did. And they were the host country. Right. And and like, think about how much it costs to send all of these bureaucrats over there to, to, to enjoy this conference on our dime. It was so bad that Freeland, our finance minister stayed in the wrong city and then had to bill taxpayers for a luxury chauffeur service. So, You know, you mentioned the social programs at the beginning of the show. We're not even at the part where we can even debate that. Like we're talking about so much waste, so much extravagance in this government. And much of it just needs to be, we just need to take a chainsaw to it, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. No, I think you're actually, you're, you're pointing out exactly what needs to be looked at. It, 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 you're right. They, we've almost gotten too used to these headlines and hearing about it, that it's just like. Oh, it is the way it is. But no, we need to get aggravated with it. We need to call them on it. We need to talk about it and continue to just vote in the people who we know are going to be responsible with it. So, Franco, I, I thank you for your time. I think what you're doing, like I said before, is commendable because taxation is something that a lot of people are, feels like it's just right over their head. They're intimidated by it. They're scared of it. They don't take the time to do it. They're overwhelmed with their basic life. But you've uh, you've really found a way to to bring light to a topic that is difficult that's overwhelming and so i I thank you for that thanks for joining us with our viewers and uh thank you for your time hey my pleasure thanks for having me on today you are an essential part of this series support truth knowledge and wisdom by sharing this show with a friend visit return to reason.tv there you can subscribe to our newsletter by clicking become an insider 
Get the latest articles, episodes, and exclusive content. It's Return to Reason.